Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're going to have a great show. We have Dr. Steve Inslee from Kansas State University's Veterinary Diagnostic Lab, where he leads the toxicology section. Today we're going to talk about blue-green algae, so stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk, and we have a familiar face, the Onega, Kansas native, <laughs> Dr. Steve Inslee. We're back at Kansas State University here where Dr. Inslee serves as a toxicology professor and does a lot of service work too, right, in the diagnostic lab? Right. The more I can do, the better. So right. That's what I enjoy. <laughs> and so uh, Dr. Inslee comes with a world of knowledge. He has been in private practice, it's, and I think that's what your practical understanding of every day, what farmers, ranchers, veterinarians are going through just helps you serve people so much better. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, my, practi my practice experience, I think, is invaluable. My, my dad was a veterinarian. I'm only a two-generation veterinarian, not a three <laughs> like, like Dan is. But yeah, I, I learned a lot from my dad, and then uh, the practice time I had was really where I learned everything. And then, you know, when I came back to school, I get to apply what I learned there. But yeah, the, being able to practice is, you know, I think it's a must if you're going to be trying to do anything like I'm doing. So, yep. So you're <clears throat> seeing samples every day. You get people sending you in things, and you get all the fun cases. Right. Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, you know, when I was in practice, I, you know, looked at in, infectious disease things are probably 80 percent at least of what we look at, but the tox, uh, tox cases are 10 percent, 15 percent, but they're clearly the most fun. You know, I mean. Uh, that's when you have all the death loss associated with some of the, you know, big cases. So yeah, usually, yeah, I always say if if anybody knows me on a first name basis, it's probably not good for them because they <laughs> had too much trouble. But so we're going to talk about uh, blue green algae, and pretty pretty common. Right. So I'd say, yeah, blue-green algae has been around forever, uh, but been a big change in the last 10 or 15 years where the blooms are, are bigger, they're more repeatable. We just have more issues with blue-green algae that, that don't go away. Uh, I, I was at the diagnostic lab at Iowa State for 16 years, and when I was there, we had, uh, had blue-green algae problems that uh, you know, would would be uh, would be a problem every year, and we, you know, it used to be you'd have problems one year, maybe not the second, but uh, now it's if you've had problems one year, you're you're going to have problems again. It's just a matter of when. So so it's the so the same ponds, the same uh, <coughs> reservoirs, the same things catching it wind up being repeat offenders. Right. So it used to be in small ponds in our pasture ponds, it wasn't it wasn't as repeatable and it wasn't, you know, as big a problem. Now, I, I remember by Osceola, Iowa, there was a place that we had cattle death loss with, uh, I think every year for the last five years. And, uh, you know, so trying to make a change, you know, you have to do, we have to do something different or it, the problem is not gonna go away. So I think that's a great setup 
for what you're going to see in the next three sections as we talk more about blue-green algae we'll talk about what what it causes some of the clinical signs and then some of the things we can do for it you're watching doc talk we're here with dr steve ensley at kansas state university and we'll be right back Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Steve Inslee, and we're at Kansas State University where Dr. Inslee serves as the lead of the toxicology section here at the Veterinary Diagnostic Lab at the College of Veterinary Medicine at Kansas State University. And we just switched. I'm an Iowa right. native that taught down here for years, and uh, you're a Kansas native that taught at Iowa State for years, and I'm going to say Iowa State got the short end of the stick by getting me back and you leaving. No, I don't know. That's all I hear about what Dan Thompson used to do. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that either. But uh, it's always fun to get together with Dr. Inslee, um, just a wealth of knowledge. And, and so as we talk about this blue-green algae and we talk about, you know, what would people see as far as if, if all of a sudden I, I think I have a problem, what would the cows or the bull or the calves be looking like? So, yeah, usually if the water, you know, if your pond water changes color or you notice an abnormal growth, you know, that's the first thing we like to be aware of. Uh, many times it can be vegetation, so it's not, it's not always a bloom. Uh, so you need to, you need to, you know, usually have the water tested or do something so you can d determine whether it's a bloom or not. If it's a bloom, then we need to test the water to look, you know, look to see how safe it is and then, if we can't use it, you need to get the animals off of there. But uh, the problem with the blue-green algae, when we have a bloom, they, these cyanobacteria produce a toxin. And so they, if, they, if they're there and they're producing a toxin, uh, it, it can get serious. And we'll, we'll see death loss and, and illness. And the two, uh, the two syndromes we typically see, one's an acute death. There's a, there's a neurotoxin they produce. The other one is, is liver damage. So the liver damage issue can maybe not show up all at once like the, like the uh, neurotoxin will. But, so we see problems with animals on pasture aren't doing well, you know, and if you didn't, didn't check your water source out or you know, have any indication that was the problem, you know, you're probably gonna miss some of the initial clinical signs that we see with that. So what do, we, what do we find, a dead cow or, I mean? Right, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you see an acutely dead cow or it, and it, as you look, you may see wildlife even around the pond that have died. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, if, if the neurotoxin is there, it's that sudden. You know, we've had cases where dogs have actually swam across the pond, got to the other side, get out and fall over and die if that neurotoxin is in the pond. So. It can be serious. The, the, the liver toxin, the good thing is the one we see most often is the liver toxin. And so it can be a little harder to figure out uh, because it damages the liver, but the liver's very regenerative. And so they'll, the, the signs they show can be very variable. Okay. So uh, is this toxic to people? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's, so if you see a bloom, uh, a lot of the issues in the U.S. in the Gulf states are where these blooms occur where people, you know, want to want to be on the water or recreate in the water, and even in Kansas, Milford Lake and is probably the poster child for blue-green algae blooms, and you know, in the Midwest, and Tuttle Creek has issues too. But yeah, the so the state will and the large bodies of water that people go to, they'll monitor those and they'll post those when they see a bloom. So if you see 
you know, if you see a sign out where you where you're going to a big lake and there's you know caution about a bloom, then you know at least if you're in that vicinity, you want to go back and look at your water because the conditions are probably favorable that you may be having an issue that you didn't realize. Perfect. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things you can do to sample, send in samples, get a good diagnosis. We're here with Steve Inslee. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Steve Ensley, and we're back home. Uh, we're at Kansas State University where I uh, had a great career and, and great time and got to work with Dr. Ensley more than once in my career and he's been a good friend and colleague. He's the leader of the toxicology section here at Kansas <laughs> State at the Veterinary Diagnostic Lab and, and uh, just a wealth of knowledge and if you have toxicology cases I recommend uh, send them in to Kansas State. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't found anybody better to work with than, than Dr. Ensley. And so when we, uh, if you think you have blue-green algae, how would you go about sampling? So, so a couple things, uh, there's, a, there's a, quick, a couple quick tests we do where you can take a, take a sample of the water. So you take it on the downwind side because these blooms will move with the prevailing wind. So don't go to the upwind side, go to the downwind side and collect your sample. Try to get it from as far off of the shore as you can get it, you know, a couple feet at least, and then below the surface of the water, probably an inch. And uh, if you take the water, put it in a put it in a bottle, and watch it. If the if the algae or if that color stays uh, suspended, um, you know, it may it may not be a problem. If the if the bloom goes to the bottom, then you know that's where we're, that's where we're concerned. Then um, so. Um, the, the, the biggest issue is if you think it's a problem, if you could collect the sample and get it to our lab, we, uh, we like to look at those and see because we look for the, uh, these cyanobacteria that are in there and if we see those, then we can also measure the toxin. But um, it, the, the most difficult thing can be trying to decide whether you know, the bloom you have is actually a bloom or vegetation or you know, and how fast do we need to get animals off of there. If you don't see a death loss but you see a bloom, you know, trying to sample quickly and trying to get it into the lab so we can look at it is probably a good idea to go out <clears throat> into the pasture and look at your ponds right before kicking animals out in there because you know we've all had cases where they say well i'm running 400 cows and i've got them in in all these pastures but the only cows in this pasture are getting sick or this right. pasture are dying right and a lot of times the water you know people uh, depends on where the water source is, you know, it's usually got to be a body of water, not a tank or uh, a watering device of any kind. Usually we don't have any trouble with those. Uh, the surface water is where we see the issue. And so in the summertime in the Midwest, you know, you need to periodically, you know, try to look at the water s sources to make sure they're fine. How much do they send in and what do they send <laughs> it in in? So yeah, usually uh, I like a, a bottle, a quart of water. Uh, typically, what I typically what I get is whatever whatever's rolling around in the truck when they got there. If there's an empty bottle, you know, pop can, pop can, spit can, <laughs> whatever, you know. So uh, make sure you rinse that out a couple times. You know, try to collect the, the most accurate sample you can. But uh, yeah, so typically, if you if you're going to sample, you can stop at the quick shop, get a get a bottle of water, uh, take that out to the pond, dump that out, rinse it a couple times with water from the pond, cap that, cool it, you know, try to send it in a cool container, then get it, 
get it to the lab. How long does it take to get results back? We can, we'll work at them the, the same day uh, or pop the next day. Sometimes we have to sit and let those samples settle and then look at them. It's more accurate that way. So, um, but yeah, no, it's typically we try to get on that as quick as possible because we, if it is a problem, we need to know. Perfect. All right, folks, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back. We'll have a wrap up here on Blue Green Algae with Dr. Steve Inslee. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Steve Ensley. He's a toxicologist and professor here at Kansas State University at the College of Veterinary Medicine in the Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. And uh, we're talking about blue-green algae. We've talked about what it is, what it does, how to get samples and get them to you to find out. But now, what if I, what if I have a problem? What do I? Right, I mean, so most everybody wants to know, you know, how do I, how soon can I have animals on there? What do we do to prevent that? You know, that's, that's what we need to know. And that's unfortunately what we don't, you know, intervention strategies to prevent it or moderate it or less than that, you know, we're not, we, we're looking at a lot of things, but we don't, have, there is no one thing that really works well. In the past, we've used copper sulfate. So a lot of, a lot of people that have tried to, uh, do something, you know, know that that was an old treatment that we had, uh, and it works, it'll kill the algae, but uh, in the process of killing the algae, sometimes they'll make the bloom, you know, they'll release more toxin as they die from that. So that, and it, as it turns out, yeah, that hasn't, hasn't always been good, and we also, if we have to, because we see that yearly now, if you do that year after year, you'll actually get enough copper in the, in the silt or in the, in the pond that it, that can be an issue, just the copper itself. So, so the things we try to do is, one of the things is try to, when we have a rain event and it washes the soil or the water into the pond, that's, that's when the issues always occur right after that, typically when the water's warm enough. So anything we can do to increase the buffer strips, increase, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the filtering of that water before it ever gets to the pond is, is what we try to work on. Uh, you know, if there's crop ground around, you know, try to do something we can do to divert that water away from the pond. Uh, so anything we can do to keep nitrogen and phosphorus, you know, from runoff into the pond is what we want to do because we know that both of those will, uh, you know, aggravate the situation or that's what the algae like to grow. They like still water, they like warm water, and then they want to rainfall event that brings the food to the water so if you can in interfere with any of those three things that's what we try to do gotcha i just i was amazed to me you know i thought it was kind of a regional problem but i, I sit on a, a board up in in saskatoon saskatchewan and it's a huge issue up up even in canada that, that right. they're having anywhere that there's a interaction between agriculture right and and water seems to be Right. In, in agriculture, we get a lot of the blame, you know, right. but they're, you know, in cities and other places where, you know, True. nitrogen and phosphorus are used there, they contribute just as, you know, just as much as any, any agricultural enterprise, even though we get the blame for most of it. Yeah. Well, any parting <laughs> words on blue green algae? No, I wish we had more information, you know, more strategies to try to get rid of it. That's what we try to do. But, you know, as an owner, you know, monitor your water, know what, you know, what the water supply looks like, because that's for blue green algae. That's the key. Okay. Well, folks, thanks for <coughs> joining us today. Remember, if you want to know and see what we do at Doc Talk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian 
And I'm here with Dr. Steve Inslee. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here at Kansas State University, and we'll see you down the road.